Hello, it's Andrew May and welcome to the Strive Stronger podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and we amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Why would you choose to fast? In this Bite Size from episode 30, I ask fasting expert and Irish raconteur, Paul Taylor, that exact question. Paul explains why fasting can be a valuable part of your health toolkit when done correctly. We also talk about what is the rubbish or the BS type fasting, the hype that doesn't work. The benefits of fasting include weight loss, more energy, longer lifespan, better disease resilience, better clarity in brain and also hormone profile. I really enjoyed this discussion with Paul because I do fasting myself and I learned from Paul and shared some of my tips as well. The original episode was only meant to be 60 minutes, but we went for 90. But if you like this bite size, I really encourage you to go and listen to the full episode as well. For anyone listening to this who hasn't done fasting, been a lot of the stuff you were taught, especially the food pyramid, I can't believe that that was allowed to be printed on posters. It was at the Institute of Sport. And way back when I first did some testing there as a junior athlete, they'd have it there, you know, eat as much pasta, bread as you want, no mention yeah. of sugar, you know, vegetables yes. and a little bit of meat. And, and we're just educating people for diabetes, really. Look at how many endurance athletes who've had the gels and just tapping sugar on long events so they don't bonk, but then they've totally stuffed stuffed up the insulin response. But they'd stick to what's sort of, it's a good segue into the, the second part I said. Apart from insulin benefits, why would you, or what would you say in a talk, or you do radio, you do TV, you're omnipresent, or what would you say to a client who's going, yeah, Paul, I've heard all this fasting stuff, buddy, but why should I really do it? What are the benefits? Yeah, so so the benefits, there's a multitude of benefits, but there are different benefits for different types of fasting. So I think what we we, we have two broad categories for, for me. So one is short-term fasting in its various forms, and the other is long-term fasting. So when I say long-term fasting, I mean three, four plus days of just water fast. And so from a, the benefits perspective, and actually it's, it's, it's really interesting as to where this stuff arose. So a lot of it came out of research around calorie restriction. So the likes of Mark Matson and others had, had studied lots of different species from worms that are, and, and flies uh, and then mice, other rodents, and shown that if you calorie restrict any of these species um, significantly, so reduce their calories over and above what they need for normal maintenance by 20 to 30%, generally about 30%, but still give them a, a nutrient-dense diet so as that they're, they're not depleted. They live longer, sometimes 50 to 100% longer, right? So there was a lot of excitement when that research came out about potential longevity benefits of long-term calorie restriction. And then fasting sort of leveraged off that, right? So the benefits around fasting are, are really metabolic benefits and and it's it, it's about diseased protection right so and we mentioned earlier on that you know high carbohydrate diet whether it's the gels and all of that or whether it's just having your three meals a day plus maybe some snacks is, is what happens with your metabolism when you're in this constantly fed state right where the body is getting plenty of nutrients is that 
that they are triggers for growth, right? So tissue growth, all of that, but also cancer cells, right? So IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor one, which is triggered whenever you are eating food, that will obviously trigger growth growth hormone and, and other sorts of hormones associated with growth, but cancer cells absolutely love being in a fed state. They love IGF-1, right? And so it was looking at this calorie restriction research and and the the geeky molecular stuff that was that was really uncovered that actually when you fast there are a number of longevity pathways that are activated. So things like sirtuins, that's a that's a kind of a pathway that's very geeky. It's we we like about- to go geeky, especially when we have a, a cool geeky guy here. So don't, <laughs> don't feel you have to go over because I, I want to dig into autophagy as well, but you brought yeah, out the okay. sirtuins. It sounds like a, a child's cartoon that you watch after Teletubbies. So go 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 as deep as you want. That's right. Well, well, look, sirtuins basically activate longevity pathways, right? And we, we won't dive too deep into the, the molecular biochemistry. But the other thing that happens when you are fasted, whether you're calorie restricted or short-term fasting, is mTOR is reduced, right? Um, that's, um, <laughs> you know, these things are, they have abbreviations for a very good reason. mTOR stands for mammalian target of rapamycin, right? And it's basically a growth trigger. Uh, and so the research showed that actually suppressing mTOR and uh, activates stuff like AMP kinase, activates sirtuin pathways, which have all of these cellular benefits that you can see play out in animal models with increased longevity, enhanced tissue health into later age, multi-system organ preservation, right? So it appeared piggybacking off the calorie restriction research that we could potentially activate these pathways in a shorter term fasting. Now, why would we want to do that? Well, the calorie restriction research showed, and people were getting very, very excited about this and thinking all of us humans have to restrict our calories by 30%. Unfortunately, the primate models of calorie restriction, long-term calorie restriction, are not showing enhanced longevity. And there are, there's a, there's a few small studies on humans who've been undergoing this long-term calorie restriction. And it would appear that in them that there are certain biomarkers that would indicate that perhaps their longevity pathways are being activated. However, what we also know is they're depressed, they're lethargic, and they have no sex drive, right? So if you want to live that life, then crack on. Because you'll live longer, maybe, but it'll be pretty friggin' miserable. And we don't even know if there's a longevity benefit. So right. for people who've just heard science, sirtuin, autophagy, pathways, mTOR, and they heard two things then, sex life and crack on, pardon, pardon. <laughs> They've come alive. So this stuff helps me in my sex life. All right, now, now people's interest has peaked. Yes. So the calorie restriction, the long-term calorie restriction research has fizzled a little bit with humans. There's still, you know, you still have your longevity crowd out there that are still hanging on to this, you know, you've got to restrict your calories. But I think there's much more compelling evidence coming out around fasting and and the different types of fasting that could be beneficial for humans, particularly in preventing the development of a lot of the chronic diseases, right? And when we're talking about those chronic diseases, um, generally any chronic disease that, that has 
inflammatory pathways activated in it um and and you know cancer heart disease diabetes obesity alzheimer's disease parkinson's all of those things are inflammatory because what we see with those short-term calorie restriction is reduced levels of inflammation right and and in the animal models you see in the fasting research not the calorie restriction the fasting research that that also turns out to these guys, these animals living longer right so and we're seeing in humans you know we can't really cut people up and stuff like that and and look at what's going on but you can see that there are certain risk factors and biomarkers for like heart disease diabetes inflammation aging biomarkers that all seem to react positively to different forms of fasting in some people at some times right and that's a caveat that we need to explore so for summarize in a lot of the science you've just said it's going to help people maybe live longer but yep. definitely you go to reduce inflammation markers, massive reduced risk of diabetes and heart disease and, and a whole lot of problems that people didn't really have 100 years ago when we had food on tap. Well, this, this is exactly right. And it's not just the availability of food. For me, and this is probably another podcast, it's, it's that our diet has changed dramatically, particularly in the last 50 years, to the point that in lots of developed nations now, more than half of all calories consumed come from what's called ultra-processed foods. These are things that have lots of additives. They're industrially created. They've got flavor enhancers. They've got preservatives. They've got colors and all of these things. And they destroy our metabolism, right? That and, uh, for me, we're eating far too much carbohydrate since the 1980s when that whole low-fat thing came out that we know most people know is bullshit, but some people, and particularly um, some bodies, some health bodies, are still preaching that message. And some breakfast cereal manufacturers who want people eating the shitty processed carbs for breakfast have got institutes with literally millions, hundreds of millions of dollars of research, and they've really whitewashed people into thinking having processed high-sugar brekkie cereal is a good start to the day. It's actually, it's borderline criminal. Look, it is. And and look, well, we're just, if you're happy, just to have a, a little segue into this, because I'm very passionate about this. What most people don't understand, big food is more powerful than big pharma right? And big tobacco, way more powerful. And so there are lobby groups that have been set up to do research ostensibly that are paid by, funded by industry, that produce dodgy research that that either backs up very dodgy claims for their products or puts confusion into the minds of people in blaming fat rather than sugar and stuff like that, right? For instance, there's a, a an investigative journalist, Marianne, um, I can never pronounce her surname, Demisai, I think something like that, showed that that basically dietitians Australia were being paid uh, by breakfast cereal manufacturers to peddle their, their research. And, and they actually had this thing that they were um, going out and attacking people who were saying that breakfast cereals aren't, aren't good. So me and you are probably going to be on that list, right? And so we have... A banned list because we're, we're now talking about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and, and, and we have all these people eating, as you rightly say, Andrew, highly, highly processed, sugar-laden stuff. And, and then, you know, you look at this star rating system that drives me 
bonkers that me and my little boy were in the supermarket the other day and, and looked at Nutri-Grain that has four or four and a half stars and it's 30 grams of sugar per 100 grams, right? It's crazy. Hey, it's Andrew and we hope you enjoyed that episode. We would really appreciate it if you helped us amplify the Strive Stronger with Andrew May podcast by sharing episodes with colleagues and friends and going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help us get this message out to a wider audience. And if you would like to know more about how Strive Stronger uplifts teams through optimizing human performance and well-being, make sure you check out strivestronger.com. And if you'd like to know more about my personal practice, focusing on all things human performance, go to andrewmade.com where you can explore the books I have written, including MatchFit, which has now sold over 85,000 copies, or book me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite. Or if you'd like to really turbocharge your business and personal success and wake up to a better way of living, working and leading, check out my brand new evidence-based Human Performance Academy that starts in July. I'm really, really looking forward to getting that going. And if you'd like to receive regular updates from me each month, make sure you subscribe to my monthly e-newsletter, the AM edition.